When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. I'm Leo Phillips, host of This Must Be The Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and, of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. I want to thank all of uh, all of you who check in on all the interviews we put out every single week. There's a new one uh, released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So thanks to you who subscribe or just continue to find us over and over. Uh, in fact, uh, worth mentioning, if you're not a subscriber, I do hope you take that moment. So uh, it will make the whole process easier. Just go to wherever you get your podcast from. And, uh, and hit that subscribe button, and we'll give you those new episodes to you weekly. You can find us at uh, iTunes, Apple Podcast, at Spotify, YouTube, or any of the other places. I'm Kyle Meredith, and today my guest is one of my all-time favorite songwriters, Laura Marling. She is back with a new record called Song for Our Daughter. It's sort of a surprise record. Uh, I mean, she had talked about it in a few interviews that it was done, but suddenly she's like, oh, and by the way, here it is. And it's absolutely gorgeous because that's what she does. That's what Laura Marling does. It's a gorgeous record, and I get the privilege to hear to hear all about it. Uh, a lot of this record, as she'll tell you, really starts with challenging herself, something that she picked up after the, uh, the project uh, Lump that she did with Mike Lindsay, 
They put out their debut record, uh, was it 2018? And it afforded her the opportunity to, to try out some new styles, which follow her into this record right here. We talk about what it means to write beyond her edges, as she says, and how some of these songs are actually a response uh, to other things, uh, other pieces of art, whether they be songs or, uh, or, or novels, like The End of the Affair. And there is a song on this record called The End of the Affair. I want to talk about what that process is like. And for her, the importance of arming the next generation. That's a, that's a quote from her press release. Uh, and, and something that she had on her mind as she went into this record. As she'll tell you, getting into her 30s now, she has the opportunity to pass along some wisdom through song. I want to hear about a song on this record called Strange Girl, which I think, uh, in her solo career anyway, is probably her danciest, upbeat track that she's ever done. And of course, we're going to talk about how quarantining and COVID-19 has affected uh, her plans for the year. You know, she is a, a longtime traveler of the world, so we'll hear what it's been like to stay in place. Uh, although she did make it to Australia just in the nick of time before all of this happened. Uh, of course, she was in Australia post-wildfire, so... That has its own story. And if you're following her online, uh, she's been giving guitar lessons. She calls it the Isolation Guitar Tutorial, so we'll hear about that as well. So without further ado, let's jump into this. Talking about the record Song for Our Daughter, it's Kyle Meredith with Laura Marling. So we got a surprise new record. It's, it, I mean, it is a surprise new record, right? Song for Our Daughter that you've talked about being done, but suddenly as, as everyone have been pushing the releases back, you said, no, I got this. Was there, was there a reason for that specifically or, or just how it turned out? I mean, it's just how it's turned out. This, this entire decision-making process has been less than 10 days, so it's all moving very quickly. But it did, it did feel kind of, um, it felt that, that I saw no reason to sort of hold back on something that's, that's done, you know, considering we might not be leaving our houses for a while. How has that been going for you? I mean, you're a... Um... You're a longtime traveler. Every time I've ever talked to you, you know, it's, it's, it's usually been about what you're doing out in the world. Uh, how, how does quarantine suit you? Um, it's, not, it's not all that different from my, um, from my life when I'm not traveling. I'm having, you know, to employ very strict routines, and that's kind of what I'm used to. Before all this happened, you did actually make a small tour out, right? You made it to Australia? Yes, thank God. I got to Australia. That seems like a million years ago al already when I think about what Australia's gone through uh, in the past few months. But but what a time to be down there, too. Was was the effects of what was happening down there, you know, post-wildfires, was that noticeable while you were there? Yeah, well, that was the predominant topic of conversation at the beginning of the two weeks. And by the end of the two weeks... You know, we were trying to avoid mandatory quarantine, so it was quite a trip. What, what a time to just be working uh, <laughs> in, this, in this situation here. And, and, you know, I'll get into the, the album here, too, in a minute, but I, I wanted to say I've enjoyed what you've been doing uh, online in the meantime because I, I know a lot of artists are trying to get creative with how they uh, interact with their audience. And, and for you, you've chosen uh, guitar tutorials. You've called it Isolation Guitar Tutorials. Um, why specifically this route? Uh, as opposed to, you know, a lot of people are just doing, I, I guess, the usual concerts. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to, uh, you know, co concerts are great. I wouldn't, I'm awkward enough on stage with an audience in the room, let alone just by myself. So I thought I'd spare everyone that. And I think uh, for, from what I can see, the, the, the videos that, that people send me of them practicing the songs that I've taught them, I think they, they like to play them for themselves, <laughs> which is quite sweet. And it's nice for me. I like I like to show people how to play the guitar. So, or my style of playing the guitar. 
I mean, you're an incredible yeah. guitar player. I, I, I know I'm not the first person to say that. I mean, you have such a unique style and and what you do. If um, like it's a, you you know I'm a fan of your music. I've always been a fan of your music. I, I love hearing you sing. But if even if you were an instrumentalist, you know, if you were only you and the guitar, I think I would still be on board for every bit of it. There's so much melody that you put on those strings. It's incredible. Oh well, that's really kind of you. Thank you. So I'm enjoying that too. I watch. I, I can't. I can't even try to do what you're doing on there. Like I'm not even watching for the educational part of it. <laughs> well, you never know. If you've got a guitar, you should try. So you have this record, and it, and it is, again, it's a wonderful record. It's called Song for a Daughter. Going into this, you know, I've, I've heard you talk about a few different things, or I've at least read about you talking about a few different things about, you know, how you approach this record. One of the things that seems like it was a part of it was you took time to get into psychoanalysis. Did, you get, did I read this right? Did you get your master's in that? I'm currently studying for my master's, yeah. So, so first off, what is psychoanalysis? Oh, my God. What a... <laughs> Um, there's a fantastic book. I can't possibly answer that question, but there's a fantastic book by a writer called Janet Malcolm called Psychoanalysis, The Impossible Profession. And the title kind of sums up how difficult that question is to answer. It's a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. But, but I guess I would want, I, I would, I, I'm curious about how it goes into the songwriting and how it affects this record. Because in the, in the brief that I tried to understand, you know, exactly what it was, it's a word I've heard, you know, all my life, but never really taken the time to, to figure out what it is in, until I was, you know, researching this. But it sounds like it offers you a bit of that uh, stream of consciousness style. Is that close? <laughs> That's true. I mean, that's more true. Um, well, it's it's more true in Lump, which is my other band. Lump is very stream of consciousness and very, and uses quite a lot of psychoanalytical terms, just because uh, they're very interesting words that they choose to use in that sort of vernacular. But um, not so much in in uh, Laura Marling stuff. It's something I'm able to apply in retrospect, not that I would recommend analysing my songs um, to anybody. But it's and it's also an interesting sort of cultural perspective to have right now, given what the world is going through, um, to try and understand that uh, from a psychoanalytic standpoint. Not that I'm not that I have completed my master, so I'm not totally um, able to do that yet. But um, it is, it's a, it's a very interesting subject. I recommend looking into it. So then, you know, what you have said then for, for this record, you, you did want to push forward. And, and I think you had said right beyond your edges. And I was wondering exactly what that means for you. Is it a sound? Is it a style, a lyrical beat? I mean, what is it a new formula? What is it to write beyond your own edges right now? I think, well, yeah, that's, it's, Mm. <laughs> for me, I think there was a certain emphasis put on the rhythm of lyrics for this album, which is this minor detail and not something that a listener should get caught up in, certainly. But I worked with a um, a very brilliant British director we have here called Robert Icke, who's a theatre director. And watching him pull together plays and rewrite scripts was really fascinating. The, the pace and the rhythm of language that I hadn't really understood before. I mean, that's very Shakespearean, obviously. So I was considering that a bit more and how that can sucker punch you. I'd sucker punch. It can, it can, it can get you in a way that um, if you if you structure them perfectly, the words can get you right where they need to. Uh, so yeah, I've been thinking about all angles of songwriting generally. It's it's a bit interesting how you talk about your lyrics and and how they're perceived. I mean, sort of asking for people to stay a bit at an arm's length. I'm not coming up with the right word right now, but I, I wondered if you were a bit... See, embarrassed isn't the right word uh, uh, of your lyrics. 
because I don't imagine that you are. But uh, but but I wonder where that comes from to say, you know, listen, but don't look too closely. Yeah, well, I think actually if, if psychoanalysis does come into any useful descriptor for why it's important to, to distinguish the... Um, the author from the from the product, I guess, is that it's an amalgamation of all experiences and all unacknowledged experiences, which is the most interesting thing about art or creativity is what what the listener or the viewer recognises in it is something uncanny, you know, something that they recognise but they feel is their own experience but they couldn't put it in that exact frame. And to, to, to really explicitly explain the story behind the song to people would, would forbid them that experience and I think that's a shame. So you you very much give it up once it's out. Uh, is I mean I hear a lot of artists say that like once once I'm done with it, it's it's sort of yours. Yeah, exactly. Then that's how it should be. Although I, I will say, you know, when I do read about what you talk about, how you write the songs and and the little tricks that you give yourself, uh, sometimes uh, along the way. I mean, I, I personally find that fascinating. Especially uh, maybe it's I don't know if you've done this before. If this is something unique to this new record right here, but. Uh, I love the idea of responding to other stories as a means for a song. Mm. The end of the affair. I mean, obviously, that's been a, a novel and, and a movie, and I don't know if there are other instances. But is can can you talk about that that technique and and that approach? Is is that something that's new to you? Because again, that's something that's really interesting to me. Yeah, I, it's not. It's it's been a very rich source for me. I'm sure it's rich source for lots of people. But I've always I'm always underlining things in books, like lots of people. And taking certain f- sort of phrases or sentiments from them. But I think particularly with The End of the Affair, what I was interested in, and there's another song on the record called Alexandra, which is sort of a response to Alexandra leaving, the Leonard Cohen song, is um, all of these, and it's like, it sort of appears in Vertigo, the Alfred Hitchcock film. It's all of these women who have facades, that, that they're facades of women that are that are projected uh, very passionately upon by the male leads and what it would be like for those women underneath the facade to survive those passions what would that what would that feel like and I think that's quite a common experience uh, something that a lot of uh, women have experienced surviving the passion of being projected on so that is that's a particular interest of mine a little subgenre but it's it's not exactly have you ever written a sequel song? Do you like they they used to do that a lot, you know, back in especially uh, I think the 50s. Most of the time it was novelty. But but these aren't like you wouldn't call them I wouldn't call them sequel songs, uh, I guess, but but in a, a, as a response. What what is a sequel song? I've never heard that. That's interesting. I'm trying to think of uh, of course I got it off the top of my head. So Respect uh, Aretha Franklin. Um of course that's 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 not a right because that's more what you've done. That's a response song. <laughs> There used to be, especially in the 50s and and sometimes in the 60s, someone would write a song that would be a story, you know, a little story song, whatever it was. And then another artist who enjoyed it uh, would go, I can write the second part of that song. It wasn't a response. It was actually more of the story written by a completely different writer. And I guess further on the the this, you know, the, the theme that you were talking about there with women, uh, the other big phrase that jumped out in the press release here is, you know, you wanted to write a record that could arm the next generation. I love that because, again, that's not something I hear completely in that exact phrase. Uh, and, and I should just open it up to you to explain that a little bit more before I try to put words in your mouth. <laughs> well, I guess um, I think it's partly to do with my age. I started uh, when I was 16, so I'm now 14 years into uh, my career, as it were, sort of. And um, 
and I'm 30 now. So I sort of feel like I'm at the age where I could either have 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 had children of my own and then you know begin another generation or a lot of my friends have and I also met an age where I now look at 16 year olds or 18 year olds or 21 year olds or whatever people like ages that I have been in um in the world and I'm astonished by how young they are in a brilliant in a brilliant way and um so slightly considering what I was doing at that age and how young I really was and and what I would have liked to know then about what was acceptable to protect yourself with and I think that there are some there's people not that much younger than me you know three or four years younger than me who seem to be born into a middle generation like a half-step generation that 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 have that innately they seem to be very ready to call bullshit on things that definitely needed bullshit calling on them and uh, I, I find that very inspiring so I'm I'm you know I'm I'm interested in, in what that means to arm the next generation like generational bickering uh, seems to have always happened I mean that's not a new thing but we are you know hearing a lot between uh, Gen Z and, and and baby boomers or millennials or or whatever. I mean that stuff happens. But mm. I, I do agree. I, I think if I'm understanding it right, I do agree um, that there is something about what's happening right now, especially in a younger generation, as you said, calling bullshit, that seems to be louder than it's ever been. You know the themes, the 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 progress that people have been pushing for for decades, um, mm. because those aren't new conversations exactly. You know it's not like I mean, feminism obviously isn't a new conversation, but it does seem to have gotten further in the past five years than it ever has. Uh, you know, um, uh, battered spouses seems to be a louder thing now than than ever. And I, I don't know why that is. Do you have an opinion on that? It, it, it's inspiring. I agree. What? No, I have no idea why why this time has brought it about. Maybe that's a good question. I mean, obviously, there's been huge movements in the last couple of years that have completely changed the cultural perspective on all of it. But I wonder why now is the time. Don't know. I've always, uh, I've always kind of looked up to the generation above me to to get some of those answers. So, as you're saying, arming the next generation, uh, it's probably one of the most important things I think a songwriter could do if if that's the route they choose. So, you know, that's not a question, but definitely a compliment. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll, I'll wrap it up a bit on the lighter fare too. Well, first off, uh, "Strange Girl." There's so many great moments on this uh, record, but I think that one stands out because. It, is this possibly your danciest track that you've ever done <laughs> as Laura Marling? That is like Lump or something like that? I guess. Well, yeah, apart from, yeah, apart from Lump, I guess so. Yes, I'd say so. It, I didn't intend it to be. It just sort of came out that way. I don't know if it, was that inspired by anything in particular? I, I've heard you talk about sort of uh, becoming a late comer to, uh, to like Paul McCartney and, and stuff like that. I didn't know if that was that side of rubbing off on you, that pop side. Maybe, <laughs> maybe getting soft in my old age. Um, yeah, I guess it has that. Uh, it's got that kind of Paul McCartney, but also Paul Simon, uh, me and Julio kind of vibe. I could completely go for a Laura Marling dance record at this point if that's what it sounds like. <laughs> oh, it make my gigs more fun. <laughs> if anybody ever plays more, that's a uh, that's a sad joke right there. <laughs> Well, anyway, uh, I can give you nothing but compliments. You know, Song for Our Daughter is another spectacular, wonderful record that I always appreciate, you know, what you're doing. And and there's going to be more, right? I mean, you've already said there's already another Lump record on the way. Is that still the case? Yeah, there's another Lump record. I'm not sure when that's coming out at this point, but um, it's done. It's, it's it's sounding good. I had Mike on the show when you guys put that record out and everything, and, and, and what a wonderful... Uh, little project that's been. Are you all doing it in in a similar vein? Um, 
I guess the musical relationship that you all, you know, the, the style that you all formed on that first one? Yeah, exactly the same. He writes all the music and I go in and sing over the top of it in a very short space of time. It's, it's really fun. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that one, whenever that might come uh, as well. It's been a pleasure talking to you, as always. I hope we get to see each other again sooner than later, uh, whenever that may be. But, uh, but in the meantime, thank you so much for this record. A pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. It's uh, been great talking to you. Take care, healthy, safe, all of that stuff. And uh, we'll see you around. Yeah, you too. All right. Bye. My thanks to Laura Marling. Again, the new record is called Song for Our Daughter. It is absolutely wonderful. you got to check it out. Now, Laura and I have actually talked uh, several times over the years, but I thought I would include the very first time we ever met. Uh, it was backstage at Bonnaroo back in 2012 as she toured the album A Creature I Don't Know. So even back then, we were talking uh, guitar stuff, uh, working with certain tunings, getting out of dark spaces, and her fandom for Neil Young. So we'll, uh, we'll throw that one in as a bonus. It's a quickie. It's part two with Kyle Meredith and Laura Marling. It's great to have you here. Thank you. You're kind of post-set right now, right? Yes, straight yeah. off, fresh. You, you have such great skin complexion. It'd be easy for you to sunburn out here, I, I imagine. Well, that's why I've got my <laughs> covered up. Yeah. No, this is great. All black and tennis shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Usually I've got netting as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a great fashion statement. You're, you're, you're on it today. That's great. Uh, it, it has been so cool to follow you this whole time. The debut album, I Speak Because I Can, A Creature I Don't Know. I mean, you're putting these out at a breakneck speed at this point. Uh, do you have any sense of burnout yet? Like, you know, is, is, is there a time that you're thinking, uh, i got to take a year off? Well, I am taking six months off. I've done, I'm doing album number four at the moment, and yeah. then I'm taking six months off. But then I'll be, I'll be really bored. I know I will. <laughs> So wait, you'll do album four and then what, like just not tour or yeah. you, you got to go through the whole thing? So No, I'm not. I'm going to do, do have it done and then yeah. release it early next year, but oh, take time okay. off in the, yeah. in the meantime. Well, good for you. So you're in the middle of it then? Yeah. Yeah. How's it going so far? I mean, are you feeling this one? Is it feeling good? Yeah, it's good. I'm doing it in a very laid back way. It's just me and um, my producer, Ethan, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. just us in a very small studio, which is yeah. nice. That's not bad. And uh, I know in the past you've uh, you've kind of said like you work, you, you love to grab that one tuning. You find a good tuning. And is that happening again? Are you writing a record around a certain? Yes, I am. Yeah. yeah. In a C minor. I wish I knew what that sounded like in my head. Yeah. So, well, I should say why a C minor. Uh, what, is, what is it this time? Because most people don't work like this, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think it's, I think the C minor are you ready for a pretentious bomb? Lay it bomb? on me, lay it yeah, on me. Yeah, pretentious bomb coming. I think the C minor finds me rather than the other way around. Ah. I don't go looking for the tunings, they, they come to me. Oh, that is a good bomb right there. <laughs> well, no, in the last record you said uh, too that you were uh, yeah, kind of in a dark place this time around. Have you gotten out of that? Is there a bit more brightness in yeah, your life? Yeah, there's a bit more, well, it's a constant battle sure. between the two, between sure. chaos and rigidity. There's somewhere, I'm somewhere in between. It makes good art though. So a, little, <laughs> a little heartbreak makes good art. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I appreciate your suffering. Thank you. I appreciate your thank suffering. Thank you so much. One thing I've been curious about, you're a Neil Young fan. Yes. And you love Neil Young. Have you heard the new record, Americana? Yes. Do you have an opinion on it? Yes. <laughs> Do I get to hear the opinion on it? No. I, li I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. But yeah. it's very different. It's not at all what I was expecting. Mm. It's a bit different God than what he's done Queen. Yeah, lately and everything. Mm. Uh, and I think the most interesting, interesting thing apart all, about all of this is that Neil's Canadian, and here he is writing about American tunes and everything. Mm. And he spent enough time here, you know. Mm -hmm. Could you do something like that? I mean, could, could you could you do that with another country? Well, I'm secretly trying to. Well, I shouldn't say that. They'll never let me back in the country. <laughs> uh, no, I'd like. I find something about American landscape mm -hmm. very, uh, especially west, lower west coast. Yeah. Very. Um, yes. Very enticing. Yeah. Very uh, understandable to me. 
Well, I find it really interesting in artists, too. I mean, U2 was another great example of that with the Joshua Tree. I mean, that was yes. all about the American soul right there. So yeah. if it comes out of a thematic record for Laura Marling at some point... Mm, expect a concept album imminently. Yeah, well, it's worked for everybody else. I mean, the biggest albums of U2's career, so, arguably, I guess. So no doubt it'll do the same thing for you. Great, I'll get on it when I get back. <laughs> Looking forward to hearing this one. And, uh, you know, have fun on that break. Thanks. I guess there'll be some vacationing in there, hopefully. Yes. Or just sitting in a dark room and... Good mix of both, yeah. <laughs> All right. Happy Bonnaroo. Thank you. You cool, too. Thanks. A little quick bit of history there with uh, Laura Marling back in 2012 backstage at Bonnaroo at that time. My thanks again to Laura with the new album, Song for Our Daughter, and thanks to you as well for checking out this episode right here. Again, if you're not already a subscriber, I do hope you get inspired to uh, to hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews that we put out. A new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It really is a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover new artists and, uh, and what's happening in the music world. Again, just type in Kyle Meredith with at uh, Apple Podcast, iTunes, at uh, Spotify. Uh, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts from, and uh, and we'll take care of the rest from there. After that, head to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres and music news and anniversary spins and bonus interviews. Again, that's WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can also find me on just about any social media platform at Kyle Meredith. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.